Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to One Up, delivered through the AI Podcast channel. We took a wee break, as we usually do over the winter, because we're, well, probably playing games or working or whatnot, but the, the gaming well does go a tad dry, but Xbox decided last week to go, well, let's spice things up a bit, and that's why we are back to talk about such things. So I'm with Carl. How are you doing, Carl? Not too bad, guy. Glad to be be back at it. And I mean, could we really have ignored this news? I I think it's impossible to ignore. Yeah, I don't think many people. I don't think any industry could really ignore this because just dropping seventy bill like it's nothing. It's uh, it's a lot of money. But we will we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll do the news and stuff first. But I'll probably do this in a bit reverse order because the the big topic will take up all the show, obviously. But we haven't spoken for a little while, Carl. Probably. We didn't. I don't think we even did the uh, the game of the year. I can't remember what our last show was actually. Um, but how, how how have you been? What you been playing? You know, as I said, I haven't been uh, too bad. I'm busy with uh, house related stuff. Hopefully, moving into our new house in about a month's time. So it's uh, go go go. As far as what I've been playing, um, still plugging away at. Final Fantasy 14. Obviously, the Endwalker expansion came out last month. Um, I'm not too deep into that because when I've been playing, I've been focused on uh, getting my classes up to the new level cap of, of 90. Um, but I'm, I'm a few missions in and, and enjoying it, and I've heard great things about the story, so looking forward to working my way through that. Um, other than that, I've been playing... Um, game of the year or at least many outlets slash uh, award bodies game of the year it takes two uh with my fiance uh, we're enjoying that it's it's fantastic game um i mean the the depth of the the game like the, there's so many different games in it i'm not just talking about the the mini games that that you can play for for those who are familiar with it like the the levels, like different things they have you, you know, that we, we completed a level yesterday that um, one of the sections basically turns the game into kind of like a Diablo-esque 
dungeon yes. crawler. Like it's it's quality. Um, I I just I can't wait to to get back to it uh, the the next time we're together and and work our way through another level. Um, outside that, I kind of dabbled with a few smaller games. Actually, yesterday I finished Twelve Minutes, um, which of course is on Game Pass. Ooh, lovely. I'm not sure it really lived up to to kind of the hype, and I I, I gather other people have had the same impression. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, it, it's doing something different, uh, which I can always appreciate. And it's a short enough game; you can you can complete it an hour or two. Um, so it's it's certainly worth giving a go. If you if you don't like it, you can just hop out. I mean, it, it's it's on Game Pass at the end of the day. Although I still can't understand how it's James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley's voices. Like it doesn't sound like them at all. You, you can definitely tell. Um, in the Defoe as well. Defoe, yeah, yeah. His voice impossible <laughs> uh, to, to mistake. But the other two um, kind of surprised me because I was like, I thought there was a couple of famous people in this game other than Defoe. Defoe and I looked into it and I was like, no, I can't tell it's them. Um, also been playing through um, Shady Part of Me recently. Um, it's It, it kind of gives me, it, it's it's a very Braid inspired, you know, as in a, like a 2D uh, puzzle game uh, with like kind of a rewind mechanic also gives me some limbo vibes in, in terms of kind of the, the art direction you know being based around shadows and that um it, it's good you know I, I like to play little puzzle games now and again kind of you know test the minds that, that kind of thing um but otherwise I, I can't think of anything big I've, I've I've played in recent weeks what about yourself what have you been playing Quite a few things. I mean, I've, I finished It Takes Two myself uh, over Christmas period with, with a mate. That game's fantastic. <clears throat> and when you finish it, we yeah, we'll, we'll talk more. But it it deservedly won Game of the Year. I, I, I don't know, I can't even remember what was up against it, but that game is just magical. It, it really is. Uh, played a game called Grim Dawn, which is like a little, um, a little Diablo. So it was alright. <clears throat> fun whilst it lasted. I think it got a tad repetitive after a little while, but it was fun whilst it lasted. Uh, what else have I been on? Been back on Stardew. That's addictive, yes. Um, got to start the new year right, Cal. <laughs> um, Overwatch is always there in the background, just being the addictive bitch it is. Uh and I'm really touched Call of Duty or anything. I've been on it like the once or twice, but since the new map and stuff came into that, it's just absolutely broken. It's not not great. It's obviously never been the the greatest quality of life game, but since then, like, I mean, I went on it yet, yes, two days ago. Like, you literally couldn't even get it. You got in a game, did one game, and then the servers would crash. You'd have to restart your game. It was just very and like there's flying cars and stuff at the minute as well, which is which is great. It's great that they have an anti cheat as well that they they advertise. Um, what else have I been on? Gave Spelunky a go. That wasn't very good. Oh, I wasn't for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's about it. I've been on a few things. Just they're the ones I've probably played more to completion than anything else. But yeah, it's been it's been fun. Um, trying to think of single player stuff I've been on. I've re I've downloaded Hitman because that just came to Game Pass. Uh, all Rainbow Six Extraction. 
Ah, I, yes. actually, my friends and I were, were talking about giving another try, although we were very disappointed to find that it's three players rather than four yeah, players. Yeah, There's though. four of us, which is a yeah. bit ridiculous. I mean, who does... Well, I suppose Destiny, but Des- Destiny's a bitch again. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. The first time I played it, I didn't really enjoy it. Played it a bit more with, well, with a different mate that wasn't stupid. <laughs> uh, he won't listen. So, hey, you're stupid, Al, if you ever listen to us. Um, it, it, I enjoyed it more the second. I don't think it's a it's a great game by any stretch. It, it's probably a fun game where you'll do... Basically, you, do, you don't really do missions. You do runs more than anything. Because, well, the way it's split, you go into different areas. So the first one... I think it's New York, San Francisco, then Alaska, and then I can't remember where else it is, but basically you get three subsections in there, you do a run, go to the next one, do a run, then do a run. Basically you got to level up to um, uh, find new, unlock the new areas. So it's, it's quite repetitive, but it's quite in... It's, it's weird. It's weird. I don't think I don't think it'll be a big hit by any stretch, but it might be the one way you go on for like half an hour to an hour, and then be like, "Well, that was that." But eh, I've played it. I've continued playing it. I don't think it'll be a big big success by any stretch, and it's not really made me tempted to go back on Rainbow Six Siege either, which may have been the point of it as well. So not a failure, but yeah, I don't think it'll be a big hit. You've actually reminded me of a, a couple other games I've been playing of late um, relating to, to multiplayer. I don't know how I, I forgot, but uh, my friends and I d- dabbled with uh, Back for Blood and we had fun. We, we only mm. played it in one, one night, but we, we had fun and we wanted to go back. And I think we'd also been talking about trying a few other kind of similar games. It's interesting the recent kind of trend of these Left 4 Dead type games. Obviously, Back for Blood comes from the... the the people behind mm-hmm. Left 4 Dead, but outside that, uh, you know, as you said, Rainbow Six Quarantine is a is a similar game, and um, with that a- Aliens, what was it Isolation? Aliens? Was it no Fire Team? Fire Team? Fire Team? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I downloaded that uh, with the intention that um, I'd try that out with my friends as well. It seems to be kind of a a sudden surge of interest in, in those kind of games as far as development goes. But I quite enjoyed Back for Blood. I mean, I remember having good fun with the demo of Left 4 Dead back in the day, but I just didn't pick it up because at the time I could only buy a limited amount of games. I was a poor school child. And, you know, if my friends weren't kind of really pushing for a game, I, I, I didn't push to get it. Um, But, definitely enjoying this and, and we'll give it another go um and the other game of course is is halo infinite now i haven't yeah, got the campaign it. yet i really want to get the campaign i have plans to, to play it with a, a friend but uh the multiplayer is is so much fun i mean we, we have like a community for uh final fantasy 14 and mm-hmm. i've organized a couple of halo nights on that and we have had an absolute blast from from start to finish just been pure laughs and like it's just class and, and it, it's a game that has come completely out of left because i had i had very low expectations for this game i mean how, how couldn't you after uh we discussed it didn't the, we the memed guy oh uh, what's his name yeah. craig it's craig i think it's craig yeah 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 how, how could you not but oh my god like it it, it is and i know you've been playing it too and you're you, you probably have an opinion yourself but for me uh, i i think it's it's an excellent multiplayer game 
No, it's fantastic. I, I forgot I played that because it's it's what again. It's kind of Overwatchy where you just kind of hop on. Um, it's just there in the background. But no, it's really, it's really good. It's kind of filled the void of um, probably what COD used to be. I mean, maybe Apex and stuff like that. But no, it's just there. And I think it does need new content. But it might just be me because I overplay stuff and then bitch about lack of content but maybe some new maps i know they're adding a new game mode. i think they've just added in attrition last week which is uh, a life-based game a uh, game mode i should say um and and i like that i like the way the events are working at the main um the microtransaction i know the tinkering with them not the greatest apart from the cat ears obviously um but yeah, I just really like Halo Infinite. You obviously haven't played the campaign yet. The campaign, it's better than five. It's better than four. <laughs> um, I think I'll enjoy it. I've always preferred playing Halo campaigns co-op. And obviously co-ops, I think it's meant to come out in May. Pretty sure it's late spring, early summer, I think it's rumoured to be. So hopefully when that comes out, like it doesn't spoil anything, but once you play the campaign, you can see, you can tell it's like designed for four people because you take, well, everyone, you take over little bases and then there's like four workstations or gun stations and stuff like that. So you can tell the the future proofed it. So obviously it was a, a rush to get the game out, but um, you can see it's got the, the makings of four player co op there. So yeah, I can't wait for that. But once you play the campaign, Carl, you, you'll, ne- you'll never look at the grappling hook again. Like in in the same light, it, it it's basically a Spider Man game. It's fantastic. Can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. So hopefully you get to play that soon, uh, or whenever um, co op comes out. But yeah, it's really good. It's really the multiplayer, as you say, is fantastic. It does it does piss you off, but it's really good. Um, shall we get into the news then? Before we get into the big topic in hand, let's do this. Right, do you want? How do I work this out? Do I want to read the big one, or do you want to read the big one, which is number four? Uh, you can do the first one. You do the first one. We'll perfect. Yeah. Uh, so our first story: Respawn working on three new Star Wars games, including Jedi Fallen Order sequel. And this comes from Cap Bailey over at IGN. And Cap writes: EA is far from finished with the Star Wars universe. The publisher is working on three new Star Wars games, all of which are being overseen in one form or another by developers respawn entertainment the games comprise a sequel to star wars jedi fallen order an fps and a strategy game no release dates have been offered for any of the new games the new game in the star wars jedi series which was confirmed to be the start of a franchise shortly after its 2019 release will once again be directed by stig asmussen who led development of the first game as well as god of war 3 The Jedi Fallen Order sequel will be joined by two additional games set in the Star Wars universe, both of them as yet untitled. One will be a first-person shooter led by Peter Hirschman, who previously served as VP of Development at LucasArts, has a long history of working with Lucasfilm, and co-created Medal of Honor. The -hmm. other will be a strategy game developed by Bit Reactor, a recently formed studio composed of Fire Axis games veterans best known for their work on the XCOM franchise. Bit Reactor will work closely with Respawn on the new project. Respawn founder and group GM Vince Zampella will oversee this new three-game initiative, 
which EA characterizes as, quote, a new phase of EA's relationship with Lucasfilm, end quote. And you can get the full story over on IGN. So this was hot off the presses, Guy. You actually mm. sent this to me after I'd finalized the news and I added it in. I mean, what what are your initial thoughts? It's not. Is I don't think this is a good look for EA, is it? Because they've kind of just gone. Well, we don't want to deal with EA anymore, but respawn's good. <laughs> so they've kind of just took EA out the loop there. But the prop. Well, obviously those EA. Would EA have to pay them, or would? No, surely you'd have to pay for the Disney license still, wouldn't it? Uh, for the Star Wars license, I'm being stupid. But no, it's really good news, and I think it. over the years we've kind of discussed how Respawns kind of became the one, like it's overtaken Bioware, etc., um, as he is number one. And I certainly think this is kind of further cementing that. I mean, Fallen Order was a huge success. Did you, did you play it? Did you get around to it? No, not, not as yet. Um, I have you went the, for the HD. Oh, the I, next I bought the PS5 version, mm-hmm. so I will will be certainly get, getting into it. I mean, it's it's hard to ignore a Star Wars title for this yeah. long. Get around to it. It's fantastic. No, that, that was always going to get a sequel, especially uh, the reviews and stuff it got, but it is a fantastic game. Um, and it was kind of almost a new new look for Respawn, because we obviously known them for Titanfall. Um, they obviously used to work for on on COD titles and 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 Apex and stuff like that. But to make a a, a third person Star Wars game, which is about lightsabers and stuff, and has the RPG elements, has well, uh, what's the really hard game called from software? Uh, Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Souls elements as well. It, it was a really interesting game and. Um, for them to get a further two get him from Star Wars, it, it's really interesting. And then the first-person shooter one's probably the most interesting. I mean, tactics games have a place, but considering da- uh, DICE were the ones who made Battlefront 3, I'm not saying this is Battlefront 3, but for them, for Respawn to get another project rather than give DICE battle, just let them make Battlefront 3, we're not sure what this will be. But for them to basically bin off DICE and go Respawn, make us a first person shooter whether it's a single player game uh, a multiplayer shooter or whatever we don't know yet but it, it it's certainly it's certainly interesting and obviously i think tactical games they, they just work it, i think it, it works really well with with star wars i mean we've seen um i mean you could make like a bad batch game or something like that the cartoon that came out last year seemed to be quite popular so maybe something like that could work um or just random clones, or start uh, to troopers, or rebels, or whatever. But it it works perfectly. That but the first person shoot one's probably the most interesting. I'm like I'll, I'll, I'll fall in order two is I'll definitely look forward to and play. But I find it interesting that they've got the uh, first person shooter rather than dice. Yeah, I mean it's interesting with dice. We've talked about it before. How you know I I would have classed myself as a a big fan of earlier battlefield games Mm -hmm. and also a big fan of battlefront so when that that um you know the battlefront reboot was first announced i thought it was a match made in heaven it didn't work out that way the sequel was better but it wouldn't be hard to be better and that was kind of that um i mean dice have kind of fallen from grace recently the last two battlefield games have been questionable to say the least 242 um, has been shit that's the word you're looking for yeah, it, it's no surprise <laughs> that you know kind of the whatever 
direction EA are taking as far as their first-person Star Wars games go, that they've, they've, they've moved away from uh, DICE. Because when you look at Respawn, Respawn have never put a foot wrong. I mean, you know, mm. obviously they have a they came from Infinity Ward. They have a, a history with Call of Duty. They came out with um, Titanfall, Titanfall 2, both, you know, kind of critical hits. Um, Apex Legends is this massive multiplayer title. You know, they've proven they can do it in the Star Wars universe, you know, with a a third-person adventure game. Um, And then, obviously, you have uh, Peter Hirschman leading this project, who has a history with LucasArts and and also a history with... um, the Medal of Honor series, and it just seems like a a great match. And you know, Star Wars games, you know, back in the day. Nowadays, we we more think of these third person action games like Jedi Fallen Order, like the Force Unleashed. But back in the day, it was more like the Jedi Knight series. You know, starting with Dark Forces, they were first person games. That that that's what people thought of when they thought of star wars games even the the ship games were all first person like so i I think this makes a lot of sense it's 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 interesting and 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 i'm intrigued by that product and as far as the strategy game goes obviously bit reactor themselves were only unveiled um earlier this month i I believe so i'd say that project is far off but it's an interesting Mm -hmm. i've said before on this very podcast how i really enjoy xcom I get my ass kicked by XCOM, but I enjoy it. So the idea of a Star Wars game, you know, kind of that has XCOM kind of gameplay is is exciting to me. Just like I said recently that a Marvel game with XCOM style mm. gameplay works for me. You know, also, we don't even know if it's necessarily XCOM style. It could, could be more could of be a traditional new. RTS. Mm. I was a big fan of Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds back in the day, which was effectively a an Age of Empires reskin, but you know, I didn't care. It was, sounds, it good to me. Me. sounds good to me. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are these are exciting projects. And we always knew there was going to be a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, it was, wasn't exactly a best-kept secret, but, you know, it's, it, it's all exciting. And, you know, I don't have an issue with EA making Star Wars games as long as they're good Star Wars games. And, and I, think, I think they're in safe hands at, at Respawn. Yeah, and I mean we've obviously been a while, a little, uh, been away a little while. We saw uh, Eclipse at the Game Awards, didn't we? And we saw um, the remake of Thingy at that uh, PlayStation event just before Christmas, didn't we? Um, Night to the Old Republic. Um, so yeah, Star Wars has obviously been in in um, is going to be busy in the in the next few years, but. Quite a lot of projects seem quite far away. Although there was rumours Fallen Order might be this year or early next year. So, yeah, maybe uh, that one and then we'll see. Um, We shall move on to the next news one and I will read this one. Watch Dogs Legion will no longer be updated. This is from Eurogamer via Vicky Blake. Watch Dogs Legion will no longer be updated, Ubisoft has said, and the game's current multiplayer season will be its last. In a blog post flagged via social media on Friday evening, Ubisoft said that the game's 5.6 patch released four months ago in September 2021 was actually its final update. The game's fifth and final multiplayer season, which began at the weekend, will now be followed by repeats of season 3, 4 and 5 on a cycle until servers are eventually switched off. 
Set in a bleak post-Brexit London, Watch Dogs Legion arrived for PC, PlayStation and Xbox in October 2020 to lukewarm reviews. It has since received a selection of extra modes and characters. Legion hasn't lacked in post-launch support then, but I wonder if Ubisoft had initially planned more. The official Watchdog Legion site has a year one tab detailing all of the above content, but it won't get a year two, unlike the more popular Assassin's Creed Valhalla, re- released around the same time. Watchdog's Legion creative director Clint Hocking has moved on, meanwhile, and is reportedly heading up a game team building a future Assassin's Creed project to be folded into Ubisoft's um- upcoming Assassin's Creed Infinity. I didn't play, like, we discussed this at the time, this game looked like it was going to be amazing, but I just couldn't be bothered getting it when it got, when it came out to Luke on reviews, as the, uh, as the article said, Carl, I mean, if it ever came out like Game Pass or something, I'd probably give it a go on, I think Ubisoft Plus is coming to, I think it's Ubisoft Plus, whatever it's called, is is getting folded into a uh, Game Pass Ultimate, so maybe one day on there, but yeah, I mean, just when the reviews came out, I just couldn't really be bothered, and I, I had Valhalla, which, again, was a bit meh, but that's another story. But yeah, what, what's your thoughts on this? We have attempted to get the game? I mean, I, I was. I remember how positive both of us were as this game was, was being previewed, and I mean, I, I'd said at the time that I owned the first two games in the series, but hadn't gotten around to playing either. And, you know, I think when Watch Dogs 1 came out, that was a time when I, I'd pretty much jump into any sandbox game. But for whatever reason, I didn't jump into Watch Dogs straight away. Watch Dogs 2 then came out and a lot of people were very positive on it. And that caused me to to buy it, particularly when it tended to to drop in, in price quite quickly. But again, I just never quite got around to it. But this looked levels above the previous two games. And I said, I'm definitely going to play this. It's been so long since I played a sandbox game. You know, it's, it's been ages since red dead redemption 2 you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in on this and then the the reviews were just completely lukewarm and the game is, is plummeted in price like you, you can there's a few times it's been available for about 15 euro and considering the game launched at like 60 70 euro you know that it, it, it's crazy but it still hasn't tempted me to pick it up I mean, never say never, because I was intrigued by some of the features of the game, but it's just crazy how badly it's done. And I mean, this story just kind of stood out to me because it was always noteworthy to me that at the launch of the new consoles, Ubisoft came in hard with three games with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, and Immortals Phoenix Rising. Immortals Phoenix Rising Mm. actually had good reviews. Mm. People love that game, but it didn't sell well and similar to Watch Dogs Legion it has plummeted in price and I do actually own that game I picked it up in a sale not so long ago on the cheap I do intend to give it a go because I I really liked I really enjoyed Assassin's Creed Odyssey which was obviously a a big um, inspiration Mm -hmm. behind it Um, but like it's funny that of these three games you know I I think I, I don't think regardless of sales that that uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising was a game that was going to get much post-game support. It, it did get an expansion, but I don't think they were kind of planning to, to make it one of those kind of seasons games. But obviously they did have that intention with Watch Dogs Legion and, and with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And it, it's Valhalla is still getting that support because it was a, a critical and commercial mm-hmm. success. Watch Dogs was 
Legion was neither, and it, it's no surprise that they're canning it. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this, this is the end of of Watchdogs because I don't think Ubisoft need it. They they you know, it's always been pointed out that they have a lot of congestion. They have a lot of open world kind of sandboxy games. They have Far Cry, Watchdogs, Assassin's Creed, Division, uh, Division, um, Ghost Recon, etc. So I, I think they can afford to can one. And given how Watch Dogs has never quite caught on as that mm-hmm. commercial success, I, I think this is probably curtains for Watch Dogs. I mean, what, what, what would be your take on that? No, I think it's a good point about the franchise itself. I think it's it's not cursed. Well, maybe it is cursed from, from the, initial, the initial game where it promised to be the game of a generation and then it was the possibly the letdown of a generation, to be fair. Um... Yeah, maybe it just all stems from that because, like, as you say, Watch Dogs 2 reviewed really well, but again, I, I was never really tempted by it, and, and then I saw Legion, and I was like, well, yes, I want to be a granny who can beat the crap out of people. But then, yeah, meh reviews, as you say. Never never really fancied it. It is strange because, I think, Far Cry's going down the tubes as well. I mean, I think most people agree 4 was probably the last really good one. And then three was in a different stratosphere to four as well. Uh, but you've got Assassin's Creed's a hit every year, regardless of quality. It, it's always a success. Then the division's obviously not out as frequently as Assassin's Creed, but that's usually somewhat of a success. Far Cry probably sells well, but I mean, you look at uh, Watch Dogs. Ghost Recon needs a revamp because the the open world ones clearly aren't working. They don't review well and. I imagine they're not getting too much content. Um, just, just bring back Splinter Cell. That'd probably help. Finish Skull and Bones just for me. <laughs> That'd be nice. But I think Ubisoft's one that kind of needs to... I don't know, they need to mix... As you say, most of their games are, are kind of samey. Um, finish projects. Get some more imagine, uh, imagination. I mean, Beyond Good and Evil looks somewhat different to, to other projects. So maybe get Skull and Bones and Beyond Good and Evil out. And then I think there was rumours of... There's always rumours of revamping um, uh, Splinter Cell, isn't there? They've obviously got their Star Wars title as well. So... Speaking of Skull of Bones, I mean, uh, not to... Not to, to don't try you, to don't negative, you dare. But you, you did hear that recent uh, oh, report no. that the... the um, I think it was the, the creative director left the, the company... <sighs> So well, he, he, I, he was screwing I, it up anyway. We needed a new one. I think there's a weird thing where Skull and Bones has to come out. It does because of the agreement with the the the, the grants they've gotten from the government in Malaysia. I think where the, that's the studio is. Um, so it has to come out. But what state it's going to come out in, I I have no idea. It'll just be me uh, playing on my own. <laughs> I think that's a story for a, another day. Absolutely, absolutely. God, that go. Uh, what comes out first, Skull and Bones or Beyond Good and Evil? Oof, you know that's oh, that's that's a good that, one. That's a that's a tough one. Uh, I'll 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 go with Skull and Bones because I, I'm not sure. You've got a dream. I, I'm not sure. Or the Star Beyond Wars game Evil ever comes out. Or the Star Wars game. I, the Star Wars yes. game. Yes, the absolute Star Wars game. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was off. Moving on, yeah. our third story: Saudi-backed group buys ESL for one billion dollars. This comes from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer, and Tom writes: 
The Savvy Gaming Group, which is backed by Saudi Arabia's controversial public investment fund, has bought the ESL for $1 billion. The group has also snapped up popular esports platform Faceit for $500 million and will now merge the two. Purchases by the PIF have regularly hit the headlines as it is widely seen as a positive PR creating front for the Saudi Arabian regime and a lucrative plan to help the country continue to grow as the world transitions away from oil. Last year, the PIF was revealed to have quietly bought up $3.3 billion shares of EA, Take-Two and Activision Blizzard, equating to a 3.5% ownership of the latter two. Obviously, we'll come on to to where some of those shares have since gone. (laughs) In 2020, the Saudi Crown Prince's flagship charity, the Mohammed bin Salman Charitable Foundation, quite a mouthful there, or abbreviated to MISC, bought a third of Japanese game developer SNK. Quote, our mission remains unchanged to create a world where everybody can be somebody. End quote. ESL co-CEO Craig Levine said today, quote, our merger with Faceit, along with the backing of SGG, will give us more know-how, capabilities and resources than ever before to deliver on this vision. End quote. So, I mean, I included this news because I know as, as you know, the, the story makes no, um, no qualms about people aren't comfortable with, with Saudi Arabian uh, investments except in the premier league elsewhere i mean recently this very group did <laughs> buy newcastle um newcastle fans seemed happy about it i'm not sure anyone else did um but but sigma gaming I, I know when they purchased snk I, th- I think we talked about it at the time there was people weren't happy about it i mean people compare saudi arabian purchase of video game company to Chinese companies uh, purchases of video game mm. companies. You know, people don't like it. They, they, and they Saudi like... seems to be more highlighted than China as well, doesn't it? Especially in recent years with uh, what's his name, well, Shoggy, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I, I think that's that's fair, and I think that's maybe because I think there's less barriers. I'm not saying either's in... right or wrong, by the way. I'm just saying it's probably more highlighted than China with. Uh, uh, is it the, I can't remember what type of Muslims it is, but the Muslims and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think with China, like it's it's people kind of conveniently like to to, to kind of forget. They they mm-hmm. say you know it's it's ten cent buying it or mm-hmm. or Netscape or whatever, never the case might be, and therefore they they kind of have those degrees of separation from from the government, even though the government obviously have a, a lot of uh, hands in the in the pots with these these companies. Um. I mean, it's 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 not great uh, to 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 see this kind of thing. I mean, I I'd, obviously we'd we'd much rather all you know be at video game companies, sports teams, whatever the case are are owned by more reputable organizations. Let let's say um you know that that are at least aren't associated not, not with the Yemen. <laughs> governments that are maybe performing yeah. uh, atrocities. Yes. Um, but. I mean, ultimately, you know, as always, I don't like to talk about these things too much because I don't like to get overly political. Mm. Um, but personally, I, I'd prefer to see um, kind of, you know, our, our video game companies, be that publishers or esports organizations, remaining in the hands of, of 
Western and or Japanese. <laughs> just Xbox. <laughs> yeah, well, Western okay. and or Japanese organizations. And preferably not all under the same. Nah, umbrella, just Xbox. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to yeah. that. I mean, do, do you have any kind of takes but on this one further? I kind of agree with you there. I think, obviously, China and um, Saudi, the, the human rights abuses, I mean, you could list them. I can't. I really can't remember the name of the bloody Muslims. I think it's Ugar Muslims. I don't want to be offensive. Yeah. Um, but you got them. Obviously, I'm not sure what the quality of life is in China and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, Yemen. Yeah. Um, but as you say, the money makes the world go round. Sadly, and Saudi Arabia and China have a lot of money, so you know they were always going to be in this. And as you say. As the article said, Saudi are future-proofing when fossil fuels run out and you see stuff with Newcastle, stuff like that. The ESL, just repeat, because I had no idea what it was. Is it Electro Super League, was it? Uh, Electronic Sports League. Electronic Sports League. So it's basically eSports stuff. So Newcastle, that'll probably be on your shirt in a year. <laughs> um, though, hey-ho. Uh, but yeah, the money makes the world go around and Saudi's probably going to become more frequent with that. I think that I'm a follower. I'm a follower of, uh, or was a follower of WWE. It's become really shit, um, even for a sad man boy like me. Um, but it's become unbearable. But still, like their sports washing with them. You see, we're seeing boxing events go to Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. So Saudi Arabia is going to become really more common in um, Western culture. I presume we we see Qatar as a World Cup. I think Saudi Arabia. We're linked to have a World Cup joint bid with Italy or something like that. After the Euros, I think that was linked to something like that. So, yeah, Saudi Arabia is going to really become more more a common place discussed. And obviously the the politics... Uh, politic, if I can speak, if the politics of Saudi Arabia should hopefully get more highlighted due to that. And you can hope of change and stuff like that. But, yeah, the, the Yemen stuff been going on a while i'm sure everyone sees the advert where it says give aid to yemen whereas england selling missiles to saudi arabia so yeah fun um hey ho we'll move on but yeah uh we'll probably take this in chunks but th- this is basically the um the topic of the day and that is microsoft to purchase activision for a lot of goddamn money nearly 70 billion so we'll go through this in chunks then maybe discuss it as we go but we'll get into the games and what this means and monopolization and all that stuff but i'll start us off phil spencer ceo of microsoft gaming which i believe is a promotion so well done phil if you ever hear this uh, announced in a blog post that microsoft is in the process of purchasing activision blizzard for 68.7 billion dollars dearie me with the deal set to go through in 2023 i think it's about june or july i think people are rumored to be saying he has confirmed that Activision Blizzard will continue to act independently until the deal is finalised, but that at that point will report to him. A Microsoft statement echoed this, stating that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick and his team will continue their efforts to drive the company's efforts, but that once the deal closes, the company will report to Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer's blog post almost made reference to future of Activision Blizzard's various franchises, 
suggesting that once the deal closes, as many Black Activision Blizzard titles will be offered in Game Pass as possible, including both old and new titles. He also confirmed that Game Pass has now reached 25 million subscribers. Woo! In regards to the future of Activision Blizzard franchises on other platforms, Phil said that they are enjoyed on a variety of platforms, and they plan to continue to support those communities. Activision Blizzard has been in the news of late due to alleged mistreatment of employees and it appears that the impending takeover has come as a surprise to them. In a statement on Twitter, the ABK Workers Alliance suggested the news of Activision's acquisition by Microsoft is surprising but has not changed the goal of the ABK Workers Alliance. The news that Bobby Kotick is likely to continue as CEO until the deals go through won't sit well with staff. With the statement going on to say, we call for the removal of Bobby Kotick as CEO in November for shielding abusers, and he still remains CEO as of as of this writing. Much of the news relating to the mistreatment of staff has centred around the Blizzard side of the company, and in wake of news about the impending takeover, Blizzard leader Mike Ybarra made a blog post as his first public statement of the year. Ybarra stated, 2021 was challenging for all of us. As individuals, we care about treating everyone around us with respect and dignity. As professionals, we care deeply about our crafts, and we want to work with the most supportive and safe environment possible. Our top priority now into the future is the work we are doing to rebuild your trust in Blizzard. Meanwhile, according to a report by the Washington Post, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick failed to address employees' concerns about the impending takeover in an internal meeting. The fireside chat, which was scheduled to last 30 minutes, lasted just 16 and Kotick was only present for the final nine minutes of the meeting. What a bellend. Um, I'm pretty sure that's libelous, but he won't hear that. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, Kotick, to answer questions fielded to him, instead of making jokes about the staff not being moved to Microsoft Teams, he also suggested he will remain in his position as long as required to. Oversee a smooth transition and hinted that despite Microsoft's desire to retain as much staff as possible, there could be layoffs in the future. Staff were said to be disappointed at the lack of reference to ongoing layoffs and felt that nothing said that wasn't already covered in press releases. Should have got a drink. Another report, this time in the Wall Street Journal, claims that Bobby Kotick had suggested purchasing outlets Kotaku and PC Gamer in order to change the public narrative. The report suggests Activision Blizzard wanted to make an acquisition that would give the media something new to, to talk about as opposed to them wanting to outright control the narrative. Activision Blizzard had denied the claims while current owners of Kotaku, uh, Kotaku Geo Media have declined to comment regardless of the reasoning such would have been likely met with a swift backlash. In a separate report, the Wall Street Journal also suggests that the expectation is that Bobby Kotick will leave post once the Microsoft takeover is finalised. In the wake of the news of the impending takeover, Sony's value plummeted by 13% at a value of $20 billion. Meanwhile, shares in various third-party publishers rose, including the likes of Square Enix, Capcom and Ubisoft, with them perhaps being seen as Microsoft's next target. The news of the takeover likely caught Sony on the back foot. Call of Duty is the biggest video game franchise in the world, currently calling PlayStation its home due to an ongoing deal between Sony and Activision Blizzard. 
Many speculated in the wake of impending takeover that this will no longer be the case and there's a possibility that the franchise could be removed from PlayStation platforms entirely. However, Xbox Phil Spencer took to Twitter to allay the fears of fans, <clears throat> had good calls this week with leaders at Sony. I confirmed our intent to honour all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire is to keep COD on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our friendship. In separate Call of Duty news, a report by Bloomberg, Blue, bleh, 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 Bloomberg has suggested that high-level employees at Activision have held meetings to discuss ditching Call of Duty's current yearly release schedule. As for the future of other Activision Blizzard franchises, Phil Spencer has suggested he is excited to see the work of, on projects from various existing franchises. I was looking at the IP, IP list, I mean, let's go. King's Quest, Guitar Hero, yes please. I should know this, but I think they got Hexen. In relation to future of some of Activision's teams that have been recently pulled away from franchises they are associated with, Phil stated, we're hoping that we'll be able to work with them when deal when the deal closes, make sure we have resources to work on franchises that I love from my childhood and that the teams really want to get. I'm looking forward to seeing these conversations forward to these conversations i really think it's about adding resources increasing capability you talk for a bit carl because i'm about to die <laughs> well done for thank you to that one guy that was that was a lot but uh you know I, I think it's good that we waited to do this podcast rather than kind of jumping in the day after the acquisition because uh, i think a lot has has come to light which has maybe somewhat changed the 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 perception that people have had. I mean, I listened to a couple of podcasts that kind of talked about it the, the day after, and they, you know, they, they were suggesting, oh, Call of Duty is going to be an Xbox exclusive, nothing sure. Obviously, now we know that's not the case. And I know that wasn't everyone's opinion. I, I know a few people who I spoke to who thought that um, it was likely that any kind of game that has a, a big kind of microtransaction economy to it you know like your call of duty your overwatch would likely stay multi-plat and given now that phil spencer has confirmed that call of duty is staying multi-plat i wouldn't be surprised that overwatch 2 and whenever it eventually comes out it is the same but even taking those two titles out of things there's still a lot coming to to, to microsoft with activision and we, we, we will get into it and you know even if, again, Call of Duty is going to be on PlayStation, that doesn't mean that this deal isn't hurting PlayStation, and and indeed, uh, to a lesser extent, Nintendo. Um, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, the the best place to start here really is is our our initial reactions, or at least our, our reactions to to what we know now. Um, I mean, for me. I gotta start with the the positives because although I, I think there's as crazy as it is I, I think there's more positives than than negatives, um. But I think the negative probably outweighs the, the all the positives. I mean, uh, on that positive end of things, Activision Blizzard has been a, a mess of late. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're for multiple reasons, at, not just the. If if you look yeah. at their market cap for 2020 it was actually over 70 billion so they've technically been sold 
for less than what their market cap was two years ago. Now, granted, they've been sold for a lot more than their current market cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know it was about a difference of thirty per- something percent, or um, like it, so, something like that. But yeah, I think it was like you know, was it sixteen and we and they bought it for nineteen a share or something like that. Think, yeah, like, like that, yeah. I think the market cap. I have actually I have the market cap there because I I looked at it earlier. Their their market cap prior to the deal was fifty point nine three billion, and it went for sixty eight point seven billion. So you're you're talking roughly eighteen billion more than its market cap. Mm. But as I said two years ago, its market cap was higher than the purchase price, which goes to show you what's happened to Activision in recent times. And you'd imagine that's Warzone more than anything coming out. Was it that I think it was that year Warzone came out? I might it would be wrong have been, yeah. I might be wrong. No, that. no, it would have been. Yeah. So uh, what does you see what one game does for a publisher? Yeah, but you also see what a lot uh, yeah. of uh, <laughs> shit in the, <laughs> in, yeah. in the media does. Mm. And I, I think all the strike action, the um, kind of the, the, the impending court cases, you know, that's had a clear effect mm. on their value. But nonetheless, this was a deal that they couldn't say no to. And and by all accounts, it was actually Activision who kind of uh, put the feelers out to Microsoft on this. Mm. So I think this is more on Microsoft's part, more to, you know, couldn't say no to, to the opportunity. Um, uh, but I think it's good in, in that way because I think, you know, Xbox, they, you know, that's not to say there's not any scandals going behind closed doors. We don't know, but there isn't anything we know about, you know, we... From the out, from the inside out, it looks like, I mean, rather from the outset to, to us, it looks like Xbox is a well steered ship. It looks that like Phil Spencer does a great job there. You know, he, he's really kind of turned away around things for them. The board seems quite diverse as well. By the, by yeah. the looks of it, so I'm, I'm, they released a, um, uh, I was going to say family tree yeah, there, kind of not a tree, structure, but like, yeah, like a, structure. A, a, a managerial and it was, structure, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think there was more women than men, which is obviously not something you'd see at Activision Blizzard in recent years. So, from what we know, like, I, I think it's it, it's a positive thing in that aspect. I, I think Microsoft will right a lot of wrongs when they take control. I think their staff obviously will be happy about it. Based on the reactions we've seen on social media, they are happy about it. That's great for them. I mean, they're they're you know we'll we'll come on to to Bobby Kotick and such shortly. Um, I mean the another positive is I think Xbox will or Microsoft Gaming rather will treat Activision Blizzard's franchises better than Activision Blizzard did because Activision Blizzard yeah. was completely just tunnel visioned on Call of Duty. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, Call of Duty is going to be a big focus for Microsoft, but I think Microsoft would would rather kind of expand. You know, I, I'm sure ultimately Infinity War, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer are going to stay on that franchise, but I think they'd rather expand those teams than drag other teams in for support. Mm. And I mean, it, it's so positive that you know, to Phil Spencer was asked about Toys for Bob. And he said that he wants to support those teams to, to work on, on the games that, that he loved. So it's great to know that Toys for Bob, who have done great recently, you know, kind of code of uh, doing ports, obviously, the, the Insane trilogy, doing the Spire Reignited trilogy, doing 
Crash Bandicoot 4, and then they were suddenly dragged to work on Call of Duty. We don't want that. You know, it's so frustrating that Activision gave us this, this little renaissance period where they brought out those two trilogies, Crash 4, Tony Hawk's 1-2, uh, Crash Team Racing. Yeah. And then suddenly that was gone and Vicarious Visions were suddenly having to help with Diablo 2 Remastered. They were put into the Blizzard stable. Toys for Bob were dragged into to working on uh, Call of Duty. In recent years, we'd have Raven Software have been largely involved in Call of Duty. Yeah, they maintain uh, Warzone, I think, mostly. I, I, don't, I don't want that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to see Raven Software let loose to do their own things against it. They did some great games as well. We'll be looking at some of the games could potentially come to Game Pass in a while and we'll be looking at the, the franchises that have brought to the Microsoft stable. I want to see Raven Software let loose back on them. I want to see Toys for Bob making 3D platformers. I want to see Vicarious Visions making a ton, more Tony Hawk's games. So it, it's, a, and I think Microsoft will allow that. I, I've seen some people get a bit carried away you know and they're suddenly like playing fancy league and be like microsoft on this and they this uh it can make a time shift game and (laughs) yeah and 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 they own this studio and we could have this studio to this game and we had a bit of that when they got bethesda i i don't think it's going to be to that level and i don't think they're going to be stupid i think they might Mm -hmm. revive some older series i like the fact that phil name dropped hexen I think we couldn't rule out Raven Software doing a new Hexen title, which would be awesome. Things like that. But I, I think they're going to let a lot of their IP, let that IP lay dormant. They won't revive everything. But I could see them taking certain things, you know, like a King's Quest or a, um, you know, a Space Quest and kind of getting an external studio or, or maybe one of their internal existing studios to do something like a game from that that franchise kind of revived that that uh, you know certain series i won't rule out but i, I think it, it's not going to be a free-for-all in any sense but i do trust xbox more than than uh, i would activision to, to kind of give pay proper respects to these franchises and and that really those two would be my i think it's a positive for you know the the company you know in terms of its behavior and and kind of straightening things out and uh, i think it's a it's a positive in terms of the treatment mm-hmm. of these franchises where it's a negative and what kind of overreals everything this is monopolist to me i i don't like to see this mm-hmm. i was i was happy to see microsoft go out and buy studios i think they needed to they couldn't just go and found a load of studios you know they don't have that obviously people point to when sony buy a company it's a company they have a long history of working with that made playstation games they bring them in xbox hasn't been around as as long as sony and they were slower to kind of we were friends with the first <laughs> cultivate those relationships they, they were to a degree but not to yeah, that degree yeah so they went out and they bought studios that that made sense to them and a couple of them had passed like notable histories at Xbox, others didn't. But nonetheless, they went and got those studios. That was cool. We we talked about it at the time. When they bought Bethesda, I was less keen. And even though at the time I said, "Oh, I still think the bigger Bethesda games, you know, Fallout and and um, 
Elder Scrolls will be on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Hold my hands up. In hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have said what I said because of the fact it makes a lot of sense for them to make any single players, mm-hmm. single player games um, exclusives. Um, but you know, even shoving just the thing of oh, you know, I'm I'm primarily a PlayStation player, and I like to play multi-plat games on my PlayStation where I get the choice. I I do, of course, own an Xbox. But putting beside all my bias, there, it's just not nice to see this consolidation. You know, we talked about Chinese companies earlier about Tencent. Let's even shove away the fact they're Chinese for a moment. You know, even if that wasn't a fact. I don't like Tencent going out and buying large chunks or outright buying a load of video game companies. I don't like that. I, I like there to be an independence. Mm. You know, I, I like there well, to be I, a I said, I said when this news broke to a few people who obviously PlayStation people, uh, what do you reckon Sony will do? Maybe go get the Konami IP? And they're saying, well, I hope not because people should be able to play the Konami IP. But I, I kind of agree. Like, I... We obviously did the Bethesda one at the time. And I think that one made more sense. Obviously, was it 7 billion, 8 billion? Which it's kind of small compared to this, but I think that was that was was that the biggest acquisition till was it Take Two or Tencent who bought was it some phone company the other week? Um for like twelve billion. T- take two. Take two. So that's obviously that was still third biggest till this one uh, or still is till this one um, but Bethesda as you said makes sense because they've got historic IP which will obviously inject There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, not just an exclusivity, but an actual interest in, in into Xbox and a reason to get an Xbox or get basically get Game Pass if you're a PC player. <clears throat> Whereas if you get Activision Blizzard, and obviously Phil's came out and said, COD won't be exclusive, but stuff changes because the, the deal's not even going to go through a year or 18 months. Um, 
and we don't know how long uh, PlayStation's deal with the marketing rights for COD and stuff like that is. That could be years, it could be one year, it could be whatever. But if you're putting, well, Diablo, will probably be the first exclusive game if they do put them exclusive. Diablo 4 maybe, because Overwatch is meant to be this year or early next year. Diablo, we have no idea. That's probably the only one that's kind of advertised. So say Diablo 4 as an example. If that's exclusive, maybe fair enough. But if you're starting to put, I don't know, Overwatch 2, because Overwatch 1 is, is it's a beloved game on both platforms, and especially PC. If you're starting to put ex- exclusive content for that on, on just Windows stuff, yeah, it's a bit... It's a bit of a dick move, whereas with Bethesda, I kind of I see the point where Elder Scrolls only on Xbox buy an Xbox, whereas it's like Overwatch, you have to get an Xbox. I think eh, that's a bit of a dick move, but we'll wait and see, I suppose. But I think it is a bit monopolization. But as long I think COD is the main one. COD COD is the main one because gamers, there's gamers, and then there's people who buy FIFA and Call of Duty every year and then Grand Theft Auto, well, seemingly every 15 years with how, how they make uh, GTAs nowadays. But as long as they're not taking COD away from, well, more than probably about half the gaming industry, that's at least something. But yeah, it's not it's not great one company can just drop 70 billion. And as you said to me, or, or showed me, that means Xbox could literally, Xbox, Microsoft could literally just buy any company in the world i mean um yeah i i figured we'd come on to that eventually so let's let's jump mm-hmm. on that now like you know do we do what's your gut feeling do you, do you think you know microsoft are, are done in terms of acquisitions uh, after activision or, or do you expect there to be more they have always wanted a japanese studio haven't they or a somewhere in the Japanese market. It's long been rumored, yeah. certainly. Yeah, that that uh, I think Sega and Square Enix seem to be the two names yeah. that uh, pop up the most. Sega probably makes the most sense. Obviously, this is very high, highly speculative, but Capcom's probably the best one to get because of the franchise that they have with with Monster Hunter and Resident Evil, so and so forth. Um, Sega's probably the historic name you'd want. Um, Square Enix maybe just for a middle finger at PlayStation. See that half their games are exclusive to PlayStation. Seemingly, um, but I don't think I. I don't. Well, they could. I. I wouldn't want them to. I don't want them to go buy a EA or a Ubisoft or whatever. But it wouldn't surprise me if they buy a Sega. It is from software on its own, or is that with? Or is that with... From software is part of the Katawawa, I, I can't say, incorporated. So they're like a big company that own right. like kind of telecommunications, all that sort of stuff. I, I, they own a couple of video game companies. Mm-hmm. That they, they own From Software, they own Spike Chunsoft, a uh, couple others. Um, so, I mean, you'd be buying them from them. It's not mm-hmm. possible, but... Mm, complicated. Uh, it's probably not, yeah, it's, it's more complicated. Um, I mean, Sega's it, probably the one, though. Yeah, yeah I, I think, like, as you said, I, I kind of had a look at the earlier, just kind of 
current valuations of, of these various companies. And, you know, to, to, to put it into context, prior to the deal, Activision's market cap was 50.93 billion. Um, other kind of publishers kind of from the small side to the large side, Focus Home Interactive, 264.47 million. Devolver Digital, 920.15 million. Paradox Interactive, 2.08 billion. Sega Sammy, 3.99 billion. Seda Product Red, 4.53 billion. Capcom, 4.87 billion. Square Enix, 5.82 billion. Konami, 6.77 billion. Ubisoft, 6.99 billion. Embracer Group, 8.99 billion. Bandai Namco, 15.14 billion. Take-Two Interactive, 19.04 billion. And EA, 38.26 billion. So, I mean, if they could afford Activision, they could afford anyone. I mean, there's no question. We kind of knew that all along, but we would have thought that maybe larger publishers would be just out of reach not because of the price but more because those companies just wouldn't be open to being acquired do you think this is obviously we kind of mentioned it in in the start but you you mentioned it as your reaction do you think this is a because i think people have said it's been an ongoing negotiation for about a year now but do you think the fact that i know he's paid they've paid over the share price but do you think that the shares were that low they could obviously offer more regardless of what, how how much more, but it's still cheap for what Activision has been. Obviously, you mentioned the money they made in, in 2020. It, is it more of an opportunistic thing? Obviously, dropping 70 billion can never be opportunistic, but maybe thinking it's cheaper than it'll ever be. We have a lot of money. We are Microsoft. Here's my checkbook. I, I think there's definitely an opportunistic element to it. I mean, clearly... Activision, based on reports, opened the door to them, you know, and I, I think you need that to a degree with, with a company of that size. Um, but I, I think obviously Microsoft weren't just going to buy them because they came to them. They clearly are open to, to acquisitions. Um, I, I think, you know, looking at it on the, the face of it as far as future acquisitions go, I'd personally be very surprised if EA or Take-Two were to happen. Um, you know, not because of the, the size of the price, because obviously that wasn't an issue with, with Activision, but simply because I, I think the, the Activision deal is raising some eyebrows uh, as as far as um, kind of a monopoly, a potential monopoly. Monopolization. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, um, kind of competition and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. It sounds like, you know, I've heard a few kind of legal uh, commentators say that they they expect this deal to happen, Mm -hmm. but that the chance of it being blocked isn't zero. I think if they went and tried to do it again with an EA or a Take-Two being two American-based companies, I I would expect it would be blocked. And I don't know exactly how it works for foreign-based companies, but again, I'd I'd Didn't Zenimax have to go through the EU or something like that for, for similar reasons? I think that's what kind of held it up a bit. Yeah, uh, that they have to ratify it as well if they have a basis there. And I, I think it'd be similar with a you know larger ones like like Ubisoft and Embracer Group. Um, so I'd kind of rule out those 
which then kind of brings you to the Japanese or the smaller companies. I think Bandai Namco is another one I'd, I'd rule out because Bandai Namco aren't just a game company, they're a toy company. That's why their value is a lot bigger than the other Japanese game companies. You know, they, they, have, a, they have their hands in a lot of other things. I suppose you could argue they'd be willing to, to sell off. Maybe they'd be willing to sell off the game side of things to Microsoft or whoever. But again, I, I doubt that given how linked in their kind of video game side of things is to their toys and to their anime and, and that sort of thing. So I, I don't think Microsoft's going to kind of stray too far away from the kind of businesses it's in already. Similar story with Konami there. Obviously, Konami are into a lot more than just video games, but they, unlike Bandai Namco, I wouldn't rule them out just selling the video game side of things. Um, so there's maybe some potential there. Um, Square Enix has been rumored. I'd like to think Square Enix would have kind of given their size and I would have a lot more pride and, and kind of wouldn't go for that. Um, Capcom, I'm not sure makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you mentioned Resident Evil and Monster Hunter. They are big games, but outside that, they, they're more kind of critical favorites, kind of fan favorites, let's say, more so, mm. rather than commercial giants. I, I think they're, they're fine to kind of leave them, them there. Um, Sido Product Red, again, kind of having their own platform and stuff, I you know, I'd, I'd I'd have my my doubts there if that would make any sense. But the two that kind of stand out to me from the list I went through are Sega. Mm-hmm. I think they have a good relationship with Microsoft. Um, I could see something there. They're already well and in, involved in in the Microsoft camp. A lot of their games are on Game Pass. Um, that's been rumored multiple times. You know, we know for a fact Microsoft tried to buy them way back in the day and then decided against it. Didn't they try and buy Nintendo as well? Yeah, they asked, and Nintendo laughed them out of order. (laughs) But with Sega, uh, you know, apparently Microsoft just decided that that Sega's consoles weren't powerful enough, so it was better to just make their own. Um, But now they'd be looking at them more as a a publisher. They're they're Mm -hmm. no longer, you know, a manufacturer. And the other one would be Paradox Interactive because like they're a very PC centric uh, d- develop uh, like publisher and I could see that making sense to kind of get them in and then kind of build out the the kind of PC game pass side of things. So mm. they would be the two that I would be watching personally as as uh, potential purchases for for Microsoft. And that that's as I said Sega's based on on uh you know past rumors and paradox interactive is more of an educated guess um and i don't think kind of there's on the smaller side i don't think they'd piss off the kind of uh antitrust people quite mm-hmm. as much so um but i don't think we'll see anything for a while anyway no. i think that they'll be focused on, on getting this no, no. this deal over the line It'd be at least five years you'd imagine um i mean I think that the next key point really is to talk about how this affects Sony and and, and mm. Nintendo. I mean, what 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 do you to put your 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 feet in? Um, kind of put 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 yourself in the 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 shoes of uh, Jim Ryan and and the boys over in Sony. I mean, what what do you think they're thinking? Well, it's clearly bad. I mean, what was what was the number? Was it twenty bill? Twenty bill. Thirteen percent. It went down. <laughs> 
Um, which is an, which is obviously not good. It's it's a war. It's obviously if you're a PlayStation fan and and you play these games, it's probably a worry. Oh, it absolutely is a worry. Obviously, if you're a PlayStation fan, you can go. We've got Spider Man. We've got God of War. We've got yada yada yada. But if that means you don't get access to Overwatch, to I don't know if they ever make a World of Warcraft console version um please do that um you have final fantasy you will have this um but it's not good for, it's not a good thing for sony and, and obviously this is via the um the whole industry as well because i think microsoft dropping 70 billion on activision it's probably not to safeguard themselves from from sony because i think that's, even if you add on activision's revenue to Xboxes, aren't they still third behind? Is it ten cent? I think it's ten cent. Sony, wasn't it? I might be wrong. On yeah, that. They I are, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sony's obviously still making a shit ton of money. I think it's to protect themselves from Facebook, Google, uh, Amazon coming into the industry because dropping seventy bill on a company. Because I think there was other people rumored to be linked with um, Activision Blizzard. I think it was more like EA. And I think Facebook was mentioned. Facebook, so, yeah. yeah. I think so. It's kind of future proofing itself from then, but the knock-on effect is Sony and Nintendo are kind of just out the loop because they don't really have like these are obviously huge companies, but this is Microsoft. There's certain companies that rule the world: Microsoft, Disney, so uh, not Sony, Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook. They, they run the world. They they could murder like everyone in the world and people wouldn't know us. That, that that's how strong, that's how powerful these countries are. Uh, countries companies are. So that's kind of what Sony and Nintendo are dealing with. They're obviously the richest of the rich in terms of human people, but like th- them companies I mentioned are like godly rich. So in terms of the impact, it's just it's not good, is it really? Because Xbox have just bought their way to third place buying something for 70 billion and it's not good because it's it's well it's, it's david and goliath but it, it's goliath who's kind of been sleeping for 20 odd years and not really taking it seriously and now this generation i can't remember the ceo of microsoft's name not not bill gates i'll call her um, <laughs> um but obviously phil spencer got the job then they seem to take it so much more serious when he got involved. They obviously bought the first wave of um, of uh, developers with uh, Playground, uh, Ninja Theory, I can't remember the zombie one, whatever they're called. But people Play, know, dead, Play Dead, that's the one, and, and, and whatnot. And then they bought Bethesda and people were like, that's huge, but you can see why. Whereas this one... It's kind of just fucking the industry. Well, we know the reasons to make a fuck ton of money, but could they have not done that by? I mean, who's a good example? Take Two's not really a good example, or EA. I don't know. Well, if they say they bought Sega in the first place, say if they bought Sega instead of that, you look at that and go, well, they needed Japanese, they needed Eastern Eastern market because. Xbox doesn't do well in Japan and Asia and stuff like that. So that kind of makes sense. Whereas you just look at this and you just go, that's just Microsoft just going, I have a massive bag of money and you can do fuck all about it. 
So that's kind of where I'm looking at that. It's like it's a bit too far, but you just got to hope. Well, maybe it goes above Phil. Obviously, Phil's obviously one of the biggest people at Microsoft, but you kind of just got to hope they treat the industry well, and it really is just protecting themselves from Amazon and Facebook getting it and Google getting into the industry. And you just go, these lads are getting in. PlayStation, Nintendo, you're obviously the corner. Um, cornerstones of this industry fuck fuck the game pass stuff we used to say you can have cod you can have overwatch maybe we'll keep diablo and stuff like that and we'll put wow on console just for xbox but these long overwatch isn't long standing but these long standing franchises you can still have that's kind of what i'm hoping for yeah um no i understand where you're you're coming from there Uh, i mean in terms of Sony's reaction to, to things. I mean, I'm sure that, that Phil Spencer's comments about Call of Duty have somewhat softened the blow because Call of Duty is the the big one here. We, we know that, and and I, I trust what what Phil said. I, I I think Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation for the foreseeable future because when you see the figures of how much money Call of Duty makes on PlayStation, I don't think it's worth playing devil's advocate if you're Xbox and saying, oh, you have to come over to our platform to play it and seeing if people, while some people might go out and buy a console, I don't think everyone will. So it's just easier to play nice there. And with that in mind, as I said, I, I do think Overwatch 2 will launch on, on PlayStation 5. and That should be done before it's actually completed as well. Potentially, touch, touch I know, I know touch reports suggest kind of that yeah. both that and Diablo 4 have been delayed and, and will come yeah. out 2023 at the earliest. We, do, we don't know when exactly in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it means we, we can expect that, you know, Diablo 4, I, I think, will, will likely be an Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever comes in the future as far as Crash Bandicoot and Tony Hawk's and Spyro, will all be Xbox exclusives, which is weird to talk about. I mean, they are three franchises <laughs> that have a storied history with PlayStation. They, they all started on PlayStation. Back on PS1, Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1, they were all PS1 games. Now, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 actually might have came to, to Dreamcast as well, uh, eventually. Um, so I'm not, or maybe that was two. I think that might have been two, but it, it, it's it's weird that those go those games are going to be exclusive, and that that really is expanding Microsoft's um, catalog. And I mean, I'll now quickly just run through here. It's good good time to to kind of run through the 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 franchises that have now come to to Microsoft, and you know we've got Call of Duty, Crash Bandicoot, Spire the Dragon, Skylanders, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I've put an asterisk there because obviously that's contingent on Tony Hawk wanting to continue to work with them. Uh, Guitar Hero, True Crime, Hexen, Prototype, Blur, Geometry Wars, Pitfall, Tenchu. Uh, the legacy titles that the Tenchu uh, license no longer belongs to Activision, but the old games do. Uh, King's Quest, Space Quest, Police Quest, Quest for Glory, Phantasmagoria, Zork, Gabriel Knight, Laura Bow Mysteries, Caesar, Empire Earth, Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, Lost Vikings, and Candy Crush Saga. And with the exception of Call of Duty and Overwatch, I think all of those 
those franchises moving forward are, are going to be exclusive to Xbox and PC, which is, that's a crazy amount. Now, some of them might never be revived, let's be honest, but some of them will be. Uh, they will be Xbox-only titles. That's crazy, and, and that's got to hurt Sony, even if they are keeping uh, Call of Duty on, on the platform. And you got to wonder how they react. And a lot of people think that they're going to be knee-jerk, and, and obviously knee-jerk, they can't go out tomorrow and say they're buying Square Enix. Those kind of deals take time. But that they will start putting the feelers out for that level of deal. And that's unfortunate. And as a PlayStation fan, don't get me wrong, I would rather PlayStation buy Square Enix than Microsoft buy Square Enix because I love Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, etc. I'd, be, I'd be feel wrong that if it was Xbox who bought Yeah, that. like they're <laughs> PlayStation. Yeah. And ja- Japanese games. Like it's going to be even weird if they do buy Sega eventually. Mm. Not really because of the Sega side of things, more the, the Atlas side of things, you know, Persona and Shin Megami these series that we'd largely associate with Nintendo and PlayStation platforms, if they were suddenly no longer on those platforms, uh, Square Enix would be that times 10. So yes, I'd rather Sony buy Square Enix than Xbox from my personal point of view. Also for the Monopoly side of things, we we can't have really any more larger publishers going to, to Microsoft. But I still would rather... Square Enix stay independent and continue to, to put their games out on, on various platforms. You know, I'd I'd rather all the, the 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 publishers we spoke about earlier remain independent. I'm not against Sony going out and making one or two acquisitions. I've said it multiple times when we've discussed potential acquisitions for Sony. There are studios that make sense from software, as we said. It's not an easy deal, but it's not an impossible deal. I'm I'm sure Sony have a, a good relationship. Didn't, didn't they with, have the chance a, before to buy from uh, software? They had the chance to make uh, Dark Souls an exclusive, right? Okay, which would have been uh, a springboard, likely for for such a thing. But uh, it's not an impossible deal for Sony to to pull off. And while financially, you know, obviously Sony don't have as much Microsoft, I think it's probably an easier deal for them being a Japanese entity. I think Japanese companies are more likely to deal with Japanese companies. So that's one that makes sense. And Level 5, I've talked about before. Now, Level 5 also have a great relationship with Nintendo. They make a lot of Nintendo games. So, you know, there's that. That Level 5 obviously lose a, a lot of their business there. But I'm sure Sony could give them enough to do. Those kind of development studios, they're what I look at as making sense for Sony. And then to continue to go out, maybe find some new studios, make a game with them. If that game does well, then acquire them. That that's something we've seen them do as well. And then obviously build their own studios within something they're great at. That's what I want to see from Sony. That's how I want to see Sony expand those three avenues. I do not want to see them go out and buy a publisher, but at the same time, I don't want to see Microsoft buying more publishers. And mm-hmm. we said that it's it's possible for. Microsoft to buy any of these publishers. That's true. It's also possible for Sony to buy any of these publishers. The deals would be a bit different. They'd have to kind of borrow against themselves with some of the larger companies like EA or or Take Two. It might be more of a merger than a. It would be more of a merger than a, an acquisition. But nonetheless, it, it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Nintendo equally could purchase. You know, Nintendo could purchase Sega. They they could purchase Capcom. 
beyond them, maybe they get too large for Nintendo or mm-hmm. it would be more of a merger. But I don't want to see those moves. I just want to see these companies continue to expand from within and do things how they've been doing. Because in recent years, particularly both Nintendo and PlayStation have done fantastic. And it's, it's funny that people don't really talk about these deals from a Nintendo point of view. They, they didn't with, with um, the Bethesda deal and they're not again. And these deals do affect Nintendo. You know, like, you look at Bethesda, a lot of Bethesda games were suddenly finding their, their way onto to yeah. Switch. Uh, Skyrim, Wolfenstein, Doom. Doom, yeah. Now they're all gone. Overwatch and Diablo 3 are both on, on Switch. And now, presumably, I think Diablo will definitely be gone. We won't see Diablo 4 on Switch. Who knows if even it could have ran it anyway. Um, and, you know, maybe or maybe not, we we, we might not see Overwatch too. So the, it's clearly having an effect on them too. I just think they're maybe not as talk uh, about because they're they're a little smaller as a company. That, when they, you think they, Nintendo, you don't really think third party, do you? That's probably the main Well, that, that too, that that is fair. But I, I, I think they do need some they do, yeah, third party yeah, yeah. support. So, you know... It'll be interesting to see how Sony react, but I, but I hope. I, I fear it could be something knee-jerk, like a, a purchase of Square Enix, but I, I, I hope it isn't. All of this stemmed from Sony not letting Spider-Man on the Avengers again. I, I swear down. <laughs> I just pissed off Phil Spencer and he went, I'm buying all these studios. Like, the Spider-Man game, fair enough, but you didn't put him in Avengers. So that, was, that was too far. Um, I mean, let's... Uh, I want to focus on the the games and and game Mm -hmm. pass um but before we get to that i just want to quickly talk about kind of the the bobby codic stuff yeah people start the staff aren't happy that he's kind of going to get to go away with a a massive golden handshake i I think people publish figures of what he i think he gets about a quarter of a billion i think it's just under 300 million if if uh yeah if if activism changes he also i i don't know how much shares he owns but he clearly owns owns uh activision blizzard's uh shares mm-hmm. given that it was him who saved the company way back in 1991 i think with a 500 million in investment so it's clearly on shares i, I assume he's going to get some some money from the takeover as well he's probably going to go away from this a billionaire he's worth about 600 million now i'd say be worth you know over a billion at the end when all is said and done People aren't happy with that, that he, he's getting more money out of this. People aren't happy that, that he's, he's he's still there. I mean, that that talk of the fireside chat, I mean, how, how ridiculous is that? That, you know, your your company is, is being taken over. Your your staff are, you know, kind of fearful of their jobs. Mm-hmm. And you're going in just, just making jokes and completely ignoring the elephant in the room as, as far as the, the court case and, and the strike action and, and such are, are concerned well the bloke's clearly just a bad knobhead isn't he <laughs> to be honest i mean for for multiple reasons like he's clearly just a bell end himself but we all we all know the the um how do you word sexual harassment is that the right word i don't know yeah certainly the misogyny and all that stuff that happened at activision blizzard we uh went through it last year i can't remember the uh, specific show but we certainly discussed it in in depth um but yeah he clearly covered all that up it, it, it's just 
bad people get rewarded for stuff when they're in places of power. That that's just the way it is, and obviously, him getting three hundred million basically for getting sacked. It, it's just, it's just the way the world works. Really, don't want to get into capitalism and all that stuff. But it's just the way it is. If you if you do if you're bad at your job and you're in a place of power, you can you can fail safe your way into making it, uh, making a financial gain from it. So that's the way it is. He's obviously a horrible human being. Microsoft are gonna have to when it goes through, they'll have to pay him three hundred million to basically get away. But as we kind of mentioned in the start when we were bringing up positives, hopefully Xbox. I keep saying Xbox. Microsoft. Once this goes through, because we've seen them be very standoffish and just let people crack on with 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 how they're done, like Bethesda, there's not been no real change. We still see Pete Pete Hines, etc., um, in prominent positions. Whereas in this one, it's gonna have to be a deep scrub, isn't it? Like, obviously, Mike Yabara, uh, head of Blizzard, he obviously worked for Microsoft, so he's probably safe for now. But Blizzard, uh, hopefully, you'd. Expect it to be more um, act the Activision acquisition fault more than anything that the quality that people say the quality of World of Warcraft's gone down. Overwatch has been in developmental hell. So's Diablo. So yeah, you hopefully the 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 big acquisition um, can fix multiple things. It can fix the the reputation of the thing. It can fix the actual development of games. Maybe separate uh, separate Blizzard and Activision into separate entities again, um, but yeah, there's positives to this, and that's probably it. Is that Xbox can go in, hopefully place in many more uh, human resources and make it a much more safer and more pleasant place to work for the employees. But unfortunately, they're going to have to pay certain nobeds to get out the building. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I mean, I, I don't even want to go there as far as the the the, the uh, discussed potential takeover of Kotaku and PC Gamer goes because you know the idea That's of buying uh, publications at any point. You know, I don't think any gaming company should own uh, you know kind of publications that that cover gaming. Um, let alone at a, a time when you're you're completely getting hammered in in the news. Um, I mean, Bob Bobby Kotick is is certainly a, a character. Um, but you know, as you said, it's it's great for the the staff, and and hopefully things get a lot better for them moving forward. Um, but I mean, m- moving on from there and, and getting into it, what are we going to talk about? The, the Game Pass hit twenty five million subscribers. Phil Spencer said they are going to bring as many games, both old and new, to Game Pass as possible when the the deal is ratified. And I I've made a list of kind of games I I think could come to game pass i've left out licensed titles so activision obviously did a lot of licensed titles in the 2000s so that includes both uh, you know kind of titles that are, are based on a an existing license so no spider-man no transformers etc and also games that are uh, kind of feature heavily kind of music so obviously no guitar hero or tony hawks because i think it's a it's very difficult to get those deals done but even shoving those titles aside there is a lot here in terms of xbox if they decide to go that old they did as uh, with some bethesda titles uh, you've got call of duty finest hour return to castle wolfenstein tides of war 
which of course is also a, a Bethesda game technically, one that was missing um, and people pointed out at the time, obviously now that Activision will be in-house to be able to get that across. Uh, Soldier of Fortune 2, Double Helix, True Crime Streets of LA, True Crime New York City. I actually played through both of those games. I know people thought they As were did I. I loved them. I, I, I enjoyed them. Yeah, great sandbox games. Uh, Pitfall, The Lost Expedition, Tenchu Return from Darkness, Cabela's Outdoor Adventure, get used to that name as we go through this list, and Gone, which, Bring it back. oh my god, Bring I love Gone. Um, although I should have had Gone under the Xbox 360 because that was the, the most recent version. Uh, Xbox 360-wise, Call of Duty 2, COD 3, COD 4, Modern Warfare, COD Modern Warfare 2, but it's likely they'd give the remastered version of both of those. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Call of Duty World at War, Call of Duty Black Ops, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Enemy Territory, Quake Wars, Quake 4, Wolfenstein. Again, same story with those three as far as uh, Bethesda goes. Soldier of Fortune Payback, Prototype, Prototype 2, but likely be the remastered versions for Xbox One. Uh, Cabela's Dangerous Hunts 2009. Um, Nine other Cabela's games that I'm not going to bother listing off. There's apparently a lot of Cabela's games. It's kind of a forgotten Activision franchise there. Uh, Jurassic The Hunted, Geometry Wars 2, Retro Evolved, Vigilante 8 Arcade, Blur, Singularity, Rapala Pro Bass Fishing, Blood Drive, Apache Air Assault, Xbox One, Call of Duty Ghosts, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, Call of Duty World War 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, or sorry, just Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, Spiral Reignited Trilogy, Crash Team Racing Nitro Field, Diablo 3, Overwatch, Prototype 1 and 2, and then Xbox Series S and X, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Call of Duty Vanguard, and Diablo 2 Resurrected. I think all in all, we counted about 60 games there. That's crazy. I mean, that even dwarfs, that completely dwarfs the the injection. It was kind of a staggered injection of the Bethesda games. I think we got a few of them up front, and then a handful more were, were added a few months down the line. But you know, they might not include all these games. Not sure how much demand is there for the Cabela games or for the, the uh, pro bass fishing. But even that aside, you know, you take them away, that's still the guts of 50 games. Granted, a large chunk of them are Call of Duty. <laughs> but even so, that is so many games going into Game Pass. I mean, it, it completely inflates the die dozen Game Pass, which already, if, if you're at the ultimate level, you have all these Xbox games, all these Bethesda games, all these EA games. Um, Soon to be Ubisoft games. Oh, no, they're not going to the Game Pass, so that's going to be a separate subscription. Oh, uh, is it? Okay. Yeah, that's been confirmed. Uh, um, but that? That's crazy. Like, how much more is that? That does that add to Game Pass? And are we gonna inevitably see the 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 long suggested price hike in in terms of Game Pass when these activate Activision games finally come onto it? I think it depend it depends if they have a big wave of of new subscribers. I think because if you if you attract you buy Activision, maybe give it a, a Call of Duty 
a couple cycles and go, well, I don't know, say if they, well, they're on 25 mil now. If they get up to 50, you're making bank still. But, I mean, you see Netflix go quite commonly now. But I think it's, what, 10, 11 quid now? Maybe goes up to 15. I can't see it just go like a big jump to say 20 quid a month. I can't really see that happening instantly, but maybe edge up to about 15. I could probably see that happening. <clears throat> but I think the whole point of this is to attract people into Game Pass or in, into the ecosystem via Game Pass, whether that's PC or, or Xbox. So jumping the prices up immediately is probably not going to do that. So, I mean, They'll obviously always have the, you get three months for a quid or whatever. But I, I don't think there'll be a huge jump in price. So I think that they'll keep it low until like it's financially really stupid. um, Because they really want to attract huge numbers to it. And we mentioned all these for Game Pass, like Crash Bandicoot, I'll play it. Crash Bandicoot 4, I'll play Overwatch, I've already got. Diablos, I'd probably go on. Just something to go on. I mean, the best game there for me is really Gun, which is the original Xbox slash Xbox 360. So I don't think it's the library that's going to attract people into Game Pass with with um, with Activision. I think it's going to be saving your 80 quid on a new COD title when that goes in. Overwatch 2. I think Overwatch will be a good thing for, um, for Game Pass, actually. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um... But yeah, I think it'll be the new stuff rather than the, the, the library. Obviously, the library is massive and very vast, as we've kind of listed there. But I think the new stuff's what will attract people via the Activision uh, Blizzard brand in, into the Game Pass ecosystem more than more than the library, I think. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think it makes sense to get the, the games in there first, get the subscribers, and then look at, at rising the price but i do think inevitably at some point you know they're, they're going to raise the price because rumors have long suggested game pass isn't profitable so they need to make it profitable at some point by by raising the prices and i think you know even if game pass was 20 euro you know or, or you know 18 pound or whatever the case might be I think people still will be willing to, to pay it because there, there's still going to be a, so much value there, particularly when they add the, these games in. Um, you know, if you, I said, if you're, you have EA titles, Activision titles, Bethesda titles and Xbox titles, I mean, that that's just a crazy amount of games. Um, so it, it, it will be interesting to see kind of how, how they expand and, and kind of treat Game Pass moving forward. And I, I think that'll be kind of, I think that'll be the first thing we probably see as a result of this takeover will be next summer, as you said, uh, on the front end of this news story that that uh, it, it's suggested it'll be June when it goes through. So I think we could see an Xbox announcement in June that the deal's done and that, you know, these 30, 40 Activision titles are, are rolling into Game Pass and they'll kind of just sit back, you know, and Phil Spencer have a cigar out and see kind of how how the fans' minds blow and all these extra games being in there. Um, but, I mean, aside from the Game Pass stuff, you know, what do you think's going to happen 
once this deal goes through, like as far as Xbox are concerned, you know, what what would be some of your guesses as to to what they're going to do as far as they they treat these titles? And you know, obviously we we said as part of news that there's talk that Call of Duty is no longer going to be annual. You know, do, do you think they'll change anything else in in relation to Call of Duty? Um, we kind of mentioned it. Maybe just I well. Xbox don't do forming new new studios, but maybe sacrifice one of the studios to just make that maintained Warzone, because that seems to be the problem. I think it's Raven Software who does it, and probably supported by about 200 more other studios. Maybe form one that that just focuses on Warzone. Um, but yeah, I do think I think they'll maybe go to a more Assassin's Creedy type release where it's every couple of years um to to uh, standalone cod games because they've not been good like i didn't play the cold the cold wars um campaign was meant to be good but the multiplayer was shit let's be fair uh and vanguard that that had a horrific launch it wasn't very good um multiplayer was crap as well apparently the campaign wasn't too good on vanguard as well um I think it's meant to be Modern Warfare 2, which they need to think of <laughs> you think of new names. It's like X well, it's, it's good that Xbox bought it because they're crap at names as well. But it's apparently the new Modern Warfare 2 this uh next year. Th- no, this year. Yeah, that yeah. is the real yeah. yeah. So maybe after this one they can go to every couple of years and because it's I think it's free studios. Uh, making them, but maybe Sledgehammer or well, I think Infinity Ward's only made cod. I might be wrong on that. Um, but maybe Infinity War and Treyarch can just make the cod game. Maybe have Sledgehammer do something else or something like that. But I think in terms of what Xbox can do, they'll shoot. They'll definitely free up the others. I mean, Phil Phil said it himself. There's so many um, IP they can make. I mean, what who did he name check Hex and Guitar Hero? I think on King's Quest. King's Quest. And if you look on the... Uh, it's a week ago now. But when Xbox released the news, I think it was Overwatch, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, Candy Crush, and I think it was StarCraft and something else. So I think StarCraft kind of was one that kind of got left in the dust, wasn't it? Because they couldn't make the money that obviously Activision wanted. So maybe stuff like StarCraft comes back. Um Obviously, Xbox just made um, Age of Empires again. So, they're obviously similar-ish. So, yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll just free everyone up. As I said earlier, I think maybe they'll split Blizzard and Activision and maybe let them do their own thing, which maybe not the biggest change, but symbolically it might be big for Blizzard where they obviously used to be known as one of the biggest and best in terms of making games, but... Apparently, since the Activision thing, WoW's gone downhill. We've known about Overwatch being in um, development hell, Diablo 4, and is it the other? Is it the new remake? Is it 3 that's getting remade? That's been shite, hasn't it, as well? Uh, Diablo 2 got remade recently. Isn't there another remake that got stuck in development hell, or was that 2? No, it was 2. It was 2, okay. Vicarious Visions had to kind of come come in and bail them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think. I think you just. I think there'll just be more freedom to to work on other games. We we mentioned the IP there. If they've ever made Gun Two, oh my God, 
I'd, oh, oh my god <laughs> I don't know if that's still a thing but Jesus I'd love that but I, even like stuff like I mentioned it in passing Time Shift which is a random game from the Xbox 360 era <laughs> I'd, I'd play that but get stuff like Guitar Hero I'd, maybe the, we mentioned about fantasy making of games and stuff like that I don't Banjo Kazooie could go with Toys for Bob or something like because Ray clearly hasn't got the time for that I mean Everwild or whatever it's called, stuck in development hell, so if you have Toys for Bob having Spyro, Crash Bandicoot and potentially Banjo-Kazooie I mean, yeah st- stuff like that, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the freedom that these developers have had seen as well, basically three quarters of them have been stuck maintaining COD and not very good COD, so should add yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you there. As as far as Call of Duty goes, it, it hasn't made sense to me that it, it's been a, a an annual game, particularly since Warzone came out, because it, it just seems yeah. like they're cannibalizing themselves. It's I not know like Warzone ideas... gets loads of content as well. That's the weird thing. It's had yeah. a, it's had one map, whereas Apex gets maps quite con- consistently compared to it. Yeah, like I know the idea is that. Call of Duty will will kind of the, the the new the annual games will feed into Warzone, but I, I gather that hasn't really been the case as as you've said with recent games. I gather as well that the most two recent games haven't been that well received, you know, in comparison to to, to previous titles. So it makes sense to kind of double down and, and focus on a on a maybe a biannual release or you know maybe even every three years whatever the case might be when they they're ready to release something good um i, I do think i as i've said before i, I do believe that what spell says as far as call of duty staying on playstation platforms and so it, i think that will be the case um but i agree i, I want to see studios freed up and i think we will see that like i, I you know i want to see Beanox working on, you know, maybe a sequel to Crash Team Racing. I want to see Toys for Bob back on either. Like, I, I want to see Spire, a new Spy- Spiral Four from them is the first thing I want to see. But you know, Banjo Kazooie could could be exciting. You know, I'd like to see Radical Entertainment do maybe a pro Prototype Three was cancelled. Maybe that could, you know, way back when. Maybe they could bring Prototype back. Maybe they could do something new. Because you know, by by all accounts, Prototype was was a, a cracking little series of games. Um, you know, High Moon Studios did, did that Transformers game that was really critically acclaimed back in in the day, and and since then, though, they've just had to support like Call of Duty and Destiny and the like. It'd be cool to see see them get get something else. Raven, as I said before, I'd love to see Raven do something i love a lot of raven games you know like people the wolfenstein game that i we mentioned before that'll likely end up on game pass as a result of this deal i really enjoyed that wolfenstein game i did as well actually it was great fun. yeah i think we've talked about it on the show before and and hexen like i loved hexen back on the the ps1 slash the the pc and i i love that that phil spencer name dropped that because I, I could really see them allowing raven software or maybe one of their other studios to do a hexen game what was hexen because i i'd never heard of it myself I it's a an first, RPG. yeah it's a first person shooter uh, right, okay. but it's it's fantasy based oh. so it was kind of like doom with magic you know that's, that's how I'd, I'd explain it it was really cool um and as you said on the Blizzard side of things, StarCraft and Warcraft were kind of front and center with the, the news, the, the press release about this deal. We haven't seen a, 
a, a new game in either series in a long time. I know Warcraft 3 got remastered and it didn't really go so well, so much so that they disbanded the team that created it. But now it'd be great to see them, given the, the craft and care and, get you know, us getting a new game in, in each of those series. And I do think we will eventually, you know, um, Diablo and Overwatch were already continuing and obviously continue to be be the same. And and my last thing I'd say about Blizzard side is I want to see Vicarious Visions moved back to the Activision side and given a new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game. Be that either kind of a, a three plus four remaster. That would be my preference tech, uh, personally. Just give me Tony Hawk's Pro Skater three plus four and I'd be delighted. Um, but even if it's a brand new game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 6, or call it Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 and forget that that one came out because it was crap. Whatever yes. they want to do, just give them a Tony Hawk's um, project. Um, you know, I, I'm and I, as I said before, I don't rule out them digging deep in the back catalogue of Activision and, and reviving a, a couple of older series, you know, the, the King's Quest or, or Police Quest or Space Quest kind of series theme, the more likely. Um, or they could go to a deep dive as, for like a time shift or a singularity, as you said. But th- there's a lot they can do, and I'm sure there's a lot they will do. I don't think they'll go crazy, as we said. This isn't like fantasy football with, with video game studios, but I-, I do think they'll be a lot more adventurous than, than Activision have been because, you know, mainly they could, they can afford to be. I mean, they're, they're Microsoft. I don't think it's very um, hard to be more, <laughs> more exciting as well because literally it is only COD. And then development hell for every other game. Uh, this is it. Like so, I, I like and I like that idea. You hadn't really thought about that, but I like the idea of them separating out Activision Blizzard and and by extension King as well. Not that we really we haven't really mentioned that, but yeah, Candy Crush is massive. <laughs> yeah, but like if they separate them out under the the Microsoft umbrella and have kind of Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, Activision Blizzard, King as kind of their five wings below Microsoft Gaming. I think that'd be a pretty cool approach to things. Um, you know, as we said, we talked about the negative. We don't like the monopolization of, of the, the, the video game. Why am I blanking on words here? Industry, of the industry. We, we don't like that. And we don't want it to continue. And we hope maybe it won't be, but we would lo- like to think it would be the end of the acquisitions for Microsoft and, and for the, the industry as a, a wider sense. But that's done. We we can't do anything about it. We can only focus on the positive. And and with that in mind, I, I am ho- hopeful that Microsoft will will treat both the employees of Activision Blizzard and the the franchises of Activision Blizzard a lot better than than Activision Blizzard have been themselves for for the most part in recent years. I think that's pretty much it covered, Carl. Unless there's anything we've missed. No, I think uh, I'm sure more will come to light in in the you know the next week or two, and I'm I'm sure then we'll we'll come back and and talk about it. But I I think you know as I said, I'm I'm really glad we took those few days, mm. a week actually, because I think it was a week ago it's today Tuesday, that yeah. that it broke. Um, it, it's given us kind of to get more of the more information and and more of the facts because I said I, I I've listened to a lot of coverage. It was very knee jerk and was kind of oh Call of Duty is now an Xbox exclusive. Sorry, PlayStation gamers, but clearly that's not the case. Yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting. I mean, before we go, do you want to pick one one IP you want 
restore. I'm picking gun, so you have to pick something else. <laughs> Call it uh, well, Tony. No, Hawks. Not Colin, just... Tony Hawks, because technically yeah. they killed it by moving Vicarious Visions to to, to Blizzard. So yeah, no, uh, Tony Hawks all the way. Yeah, it's definitely gun though, because if they ever make gun two, it's, 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 uh, my life's over. I'll just oh remake gun. Oh. I might just play the old crap version. <laughs> but anyway, right, we will finish up there. We will hopefully be back uh, sooner than we always promise. Um, but as we say, if news breaks, we will cover it. It might take us a, a few days to let it settle, but we will be there. But thank you, everyone, for listening. It has been a long one, but, well, 70 billion. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a lot to discuss. Um, but, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Carl. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>